to a Hope 103.2 podcast. We've been looking at the not-so-cheery topic of God's judgment. I know the theme is not popular today, but we just can't avoid it if we're going to allow the teaching of Jesus and the rest of the Bible to shape how we think about life, both now and in God's future kingdom. Last time, we looked at the first of three major reasons for God's coming judgment at the end of history. We looked at idolatry, revering the things of creation, whether material possessions or idol statues, is a perversion of what we're made for. It's a defiance of the God who made us. The second major target of the Bible's warnings of judgment is the religious hypocrite. Now, there are plenty of Old Testament passages we could turn to here. Um, References include 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, Psalm 50, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 10, Isaiah chapter 66 verse 1. But these Old Testament threats of divine wrath against religious hypocrisy find fresh expression in the unusual statements of Jesus we looked at a few nights ago. According to Luke 12 verse 47, the person who claims to know God's ways and yet refuses to do them will receive greater punishment than those who don't know God's ways in the first place. Here's Luke 12, 47. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. The same point is made in Luke chapter 20, verses 46 and 47, where Jesus warns that the hypocritical religious leaders of his day would be punished more severely than the others. He says, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at banquets. They devour widows' houses and, for a show, make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished more severely. These passages are not an oddity. You've only got to read the Gospels a few times to discover that the main targets of Jesus' fire and brimstone preaching were not the sinners or pagans, but religious hypocrites, those who name God as Lord, but who live as if he is not Lord. Now let me stop there and make clear that I am not talking about the failings common to all believers. Those who try to love God and neighbour but do so inconsistently are not hypocrites in the biblical sense. They are just normal Christians this side of the kingdom come. The hypocrite is the two-faced person. It's the one who puts on a show of religion but who blatantly defies the ways of God. It's in this context that we can be sure that the evils perpetrated by the church throughout the centuries, say the Crusades or slavery, will be dealt with by God in the most severe way. As Jesus said in Luke 20 verse 47, such people will be punished more severely. 
I could list a whole bunch of modern examples of hypocrisy, but I'll leave that to your own imagination. Can I just say, may none of us on the day of the Lord be found to be hypocrites. But there's a third major target of the Bible's warnings about judgment. I can't think of anything in the Bible that receives more sustained critique and serious threat of judgment than the treading down of the poor and vulnerable by the rich and powerful. Every bit as much as idolaters and hypocrites, and maybe even more, those who oppress the needy will find themselves overturned on the day God puts everything right. The judgment of oppressors is a golden thread woven through the entire Bible. Think about this. Why did God's judgment fall on Egypt at the time of Israel's exodus? Well, according to Exodus 2 verse 23, because the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. And what did God say to Israel as soon as they were delivered from this tyranny? Well, Exodus 22:21 says, Do not mistreat an alien or oppress him, for you were aliens in Egypt. Do not take advantage of a widow or an orphan. If you do and they cry out to me, I will certainly hear their cry. My anger will be aroused and I will kill you with the sword. And why, centuries later, was Israel in fact condemned to exile? Well, partly because of idolatry and hypocrisy, but also and especially because of their oppression of the needy. Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-seven. The people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy and mistreat the alien, denying them justice. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my anger. Exactly the same point was made by Israel's other major prophets. The references here include Isaiah 10 verses 1 to 3, Jeremiah 2 verses 31 to 37, Amos 5 verses 1 to 27 and Zechariah 7 verses 8 to 14. And it's precisely in this context that the foundational prophecy of Isaiah 11 describes the coming Messiah as a defender of the poor and needy. Here's Isaiah 11:4. With righteousness he will judge the needy, with justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. This defense of the needy against those who mistreat them is the central theme of Jesus' description of his role on the day of judgment in the great parable of the sheep and the goats, Matthew twenty-five forty-one. Then he, the Messiah, will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. With these words ringing in his ears, it's no wonder that James, the brother of Jesus, would issue a similar warning a few years later. James 5 verse 1. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. The wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. And finally, 
Can it be an accident that the New Testament's longest and most frightening chapter on divine judgment, Revelation 18, is all about the archetypal oppressor of the needy, the opulent, tyrannical empire of Rome? Revelation 18, verse 19. Woe, woe, O great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. Your merchants were the world's great men. By your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. In her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and of all who have been killed on the earth. My point is this. A dominant though frequently neglected dimension of God's final judgment throughout the Bible, is his promise to put right the tyranny and oppression of human history. Viewed this way, God's threat of judgment is not a theological scare tactic designed to make us more religious. It's actually God's pledge to wounded humanity that he hears our cries for justice and will one day bring his justice to bear on every act of oppression. And so I want to conclude with the plea to God's people that appears in the middle of Revelation's tirade against Rome. Revelation 18 verse 4. Then I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. Obviously, this is not a geographical plea, as if Christians were being told to leave the city itself and find shelter in a holy huddle on the outskirts of Rome. The plea is spiritual, intellectual, social. It's a call to shun the things which are destined for judgment, to find safety in the mercy temporarily on offer through Jesus and to live now in anticipation of the only kingdom that will remain when God puts everything right. And so I plead every one of us in the Rome of our own day to shun the things destined for judgment, to cling to Christ's mercy, and to live by the values of the coming kingdom. Say no to every attempt in our culture to replace God with things. Say no to every hypocrisy that so easily creeps into church life. And say no to the marginalising and neglect of the needy. Hope 103.2 Thanks for listening.